Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Welcome, everyone, to tonight's broadcast as we are live on the air with Heritage Baptist Church and our host, Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah, and tonight we are going to have another great conversation about the Book of Romans. We have a panel of guests here with us, and as always, our phone lines are open for the hour, and that studio phone number is 929-333-3739. If you want prayer tonight or you just want to call and ask a question, please give us a call, and we have call screeners ready to take those So, Pastor Matt, is it just me, or has our church recently been blessed with several new marriages and new babies? Absolutely. No, it isn't just you, Micah. That's true. Praise the Lord. You know, it's it's lively when little babies are running around church or being (laughs) held by their parents. Yeah. and so we, I was able to visit one of our families that prayed for a child, and God gave them a son. Amen. And I, that was on Thursday. And then Friday, we, I went, uh, went to a wedding of a family in our church. And two weeks ago, we had a wedding, and we had another family had, had a baby, uh, uh, what, in November? Plus, November, yeah. Plus mm-hmm. we had a baby uh, dedication. In a December. baby dedication. Yeah. And one of the young ladies who has grown up in our church, but she was there today with her two little one mm-hmm. so and then today we had multiple visitors praise yeah. the lord of praise young lord. couples yeah mm-hmm. you know and so it's it's a blessing to see what god is doing maybe you know i still feel like we i i feel like recently we've been coming out of covid mm-hmm. finally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. after all this time where people are we're starting to get you know multiple visitors in each service yeah and so dear friends we'd love to have you visit with us at heritage baptist church you need to get out to church if you don't have one come on out sunday morning we meet at 490 hudson street in manhattan and if you live in new jersey all you got to do is take the path train to christopher mm-hmm. street they might ha- you might have it easier than anyone <laughs> if you live in like jersey city or hoboken just get on that path train pop out Right at the Christopher Street stop, and you're half a block away. Yeah. And but anyway, we'd love to have you on Sunday. We have 10 a.m. Bible study. 11 a.m. is our service. And come on out, visit us at Heritage Baptist. Church. Yeah. And Pastor, you actually travel a little bit of a distance to get to church, as do our panelists from tonight. So, mm-hmm. you know, we are a destination church in some <laughs> aspects, and people travel to get there because we love it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, I love it too. And yeah, I live out by JFK. And uh, I live in Rosedale. I think some of our listeners are out there in Rosedale. And so uh, we'd love to have you visit with us at Heritage Baptist Church. So this evening, it's a blessing to have once again with us Tim and Kristen Stalkup, who are here in the city serving God as missionaries uh, with a special heart to reach the Muslim people. But they've started a a, a Stalkup talk-up. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> talk-up, Stalkup, talk-up about the talk-up. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yes, yes. The- the, the name of our English school is the Stall Cups Talk Up, and so it has a nice ring to it, the Stall Cups Talk Up. And 
we we are, are glad to help people take their English to the next level. Um, but but we we want to be an encouragement uh, to folks in the city with with uh, whatever needs they have, not just with learning English, but we definitely want to be a hope help with pointing people to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And evangelism is our focus and is our heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, T- tell people the address of where ninety three thirty five Elder Lane in Woodhaven, Queens, is the address of our place. We, if you know anybody who. Who would who lives in that area or w- would be willing to come in for English classes? We are starting our new semester at the beginning of March, and so February is the month of registration. And so, uh, folks can come on by. We'll be there on Tuesdays and Thursdays throughout the month of February. And and that is right on the corner of Elder Lane and the Main Avenue, Atlantic Avenue. Yeah. So yes. a highly visible community mm-hmm. right there in Woodhaven. If you or you know anyone who needs to uh, brush up or learn English better, Tim and Kristen are perfect for you. And they have a school there. And they're there to shine Jesus Christ in their school. Amen. Amen. You know, so it's not a church. It is a... It's a English as a second language school. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes, sir. And so uh, do you have a email where people could contact yes. you there, Tim? Yes. StallCupsNYC at gmail.com. That's S-T-A-L-C-U-P-S-N-Y-C at gmail.com. Okay. Very good. Thank you, uh, Brother Tim and Kristen. Good to have you Thanks. as well. And we're looking forward to being in Romans chapter 11 tonight. Verses 11 to 24, and then we're going to finish up Romans 11 next week. But this evening, we're going to talk about why should I care about Israel? Remember now, last week we looked at the first part of Romans 11, and we spoke about God's plan for national Israel, that he's not through with Israel. So now we want to take it to this question, well, why should I care Mm -hmm. that God isn't through? Well, if God isn't through with Israel, we should care about what God cares about. Mm -hmm. So why should we care about Israel? And that's what we're going to look at tonight. Our phone number, if you have questions about this, is 929-333-3739. Or if you have a question about Tim Stalkup's Talk Up, English as a Second Language School, you feel free to give us a call, and you can get more information at 929-333-3739. But we're going to begin reading in Romans chapter 11, and Tim, you're going to start us off there at verse number 11 this evening. Absolutely. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles, for to broke provoke them to jealousy. Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles. I magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh, and might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, wert graft in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast... Thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, The branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. 
Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith, but not high-minded, be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Okay, I'm sorry, I was I was a little distracted there. Please forgive me. Verse 22. 22. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God, on them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt also shalt be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if thou wert cut off out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafting contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? And so, Brother Tim, if you could please lead us in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power of your word, and we thank you for the work of your spirit in in convicting of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. We thank you for the power of your spirit to illuminate the believer. And so we ask that as this passage of your holy word is discussed tonight over the airwaves, I pray that, first of all, that the unsaved, that those who are lost without Jesus Christ, that they may be convicted of their sin, but that they may recognize that they are eternally lost and separated from you, and, and that they need salvation, which comes only through the work of Jesus Christ, and complete faith and repentance and trusting alone in him. And I pray for, for all those who are saved, for those who are your children, that they would be encouraged and edified from hearing your word. And Lord, I pray that maybe even that there might be some Jewish person who hears this message that directly addresses the Jewish people. And and that, that if there is someone here who is listening uh, to this program tonight, Lord, that they may be convicted of their own personal sinfulness and their own need to join up with mm-hmm. y- your plan and purpose for this age, for the, the this time period, that they would join up with the body of Christ and be born again, even tonight. And Lord, may you be glorified as we focus on your love for the Jewish people. In Christ's name, amen. 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 So in this passage, Paul is specifically addressing the Gentiles. And perhaps we should have read verse 25, where Paul is writing to the Roman church, including the Gentiles, because he does speak to them back in verse 13, where he says specifically, I speak to you Gentiles, the Gentiles meaning, of course, all those nations of people that are not Jewish. Mm-hmm. And in verse 25, he says, I, I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery, of God's plan, of God's program, of God's working in the Gentile nations to even create a jealousy to draw Israel back to himself. It's a mystery. He said, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. God isn't working in the Gentile nations today because we're better than the Jewish people. No. Mm -hmm. God is working in the Gentile nations because of his mercy. Mm -hmm. And that's why he chose Israel in the first place. So blindness in part has happened to Israel. Paul says, until the fullness of the Gentiles be brought in. Now, I, I, I did think of the book of Obadiah, just as we kind of introduced this subject of why we should care about Israel. Mm. And the book of Obadiah is the shortest book, I believe, in the Old Testament, and it prophesies the destruction of Edom 
Do you know why? Because she laughed at Israel. That nation of Edom, mm-hmm. which was really, they were relatives of Israel, Edom being the descendants of Esau, of Esau laughed at Israel in her, in her calamity. And so, just as in past history, there is danger for us today, even Christians, of despising the Jewish people of rejoicing in their calamity. Mm-hmm. I mean, recently there was a t- calamitous yeah. event that happened in Israel. How many Christians may have thought, oh, good, it serves them well. Mm-hmm. Well, do not be high-minded, but fear mm-hmm. would be Paul's word, God's word, to such believers. Mm-hmm. So we must never forget that Israel has been the human source and the human channel of our spiritual blessings. Israel has been used by God to bring us the Word of God, Mm -hmm. to bring us the Savior, Jesus Christ. And we must be forever grateful to God and to Israel. And God hasn't given up on Israel. So, beloved, as we begin today, I just want to say, don't give up on Israel because God hasn't. Don't hate on Israel because God doesn't. Mm -hmm. And we have a responsibility to care about Israel. So, as we begin this section in Romans chapter 11... There's three different words that speak of how Israel has stumbled into unbelief. Where he says in verse 11, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? And Paul uses three different words that speak of Israel's stumbling. The first word is their fall. A second word is used in verse 12. says the diminishing of them, the diminishing of Israel. Mm -hmm. And a third word the casting away of them. So they have fallen, they have been diminished, they have been cast away. So let's look at at that, and I hope this isn't too tedious, but these are three (laughs) different words. There's some, maybe some synonymous element to them. But the first word is fall, Tim. And so what does this word fall mean in this context? And what has it resulted in, what has Israel's fall resulted in for Gentiles, according to Romans 11 and verse 11 and 12? Very good question. Well, uh, first of all, I, I think it'd be helpful to clarify that that this fall does not mean that they will never be a, f- uh, that there will never be a future for them, or mm-hmm. that there is not a future plan mm-hmm. for them, or that mm-hmm. they are, are fallen from grace uh, as a nation forever and ever, and that God doesn't have a purpose for them. Mm. Uh, as we, we read about the Millennial Kingdom coming up someday in, in the future, and, and God has great plans for them. So this word fall, uh, as far as what the word means, it, it literally means trespass. In fact, it's translated uh, quite frequently in the New Testament throughout the Scriptures in, in this word trespass in English, mm. or sometimes sin, or fault, or offense. And, and, and here... By and large, we we see have seen that the Israeli people, the Jewish people, have by and large mostly rejected Christ's plan of eternal salvation, and so uh, those who have have rejected God's plan of salvation have fallen from ex- from finding eternal life. Uh, Paul's first method when he first came when he first when he first rode into to a town and and his first. Uh, agenda was yeah. to go straight to the synagogue and mm. to preach the gospel to the Jewish people, but they kept running him off. Mm. So we read in in Acts chapter thirteen and and verses uh, Acts chapter thirteen and verses forty six and forty seven and and we read here. Then Paul and Barnabas 
waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing ye put it from you, and, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for, uh, for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And so when the Jewish people rejected the gospel, then God has allowed uh, the Apostle Paul and other missionaries to carry the gospel to other people. Yeah, I mean, Romans yeah. one sixteen, the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew mm-hmm. first and also to the Greek. Jeremiah 31, the new covenant is first for Israel. Mm-hmm. And God will save Israel. We'll see that next week. But but he's also opened the door for the, us Gentiles. Praise God. Micah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, it's fascinating to me how the worldwide movement of the gospel from being largely rejected of the Jews and accepted by the Gentiles, it can be seen in this microcosm of Paul's ministry. So as Tim just read the passage from Acts 13 and pointed out that Paul, you know, he always puts this initial effort into evangelizing the Jews. And it's only after he's inevitably cast out of the synagogue that he then goes and focuses his efforts on the Gentiles. And then that's where he sees, more often than not, his fruit. Hmm. So I thought it was interesting that the verse after the two that Tim read, though, it shows the reaction of the Gentiles to this fact in Acts 13, 48. And it says, and when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the Mm. word of the Lord. So again, this is a micro version of the macro spread of the gospel that we've seen over the last 2,000 years. Even in the ministry of Jesus, he he brought the gospel to the Jew first, yeah, and then as well to other Gentiles, right? Yeah, hmm. and so the and the point being in in these verses is that Israel's temporary loss is the Gentiles' permanent gain, yeah, and so God turns out for good to the Gentiles Israel's fall. Mm-hmm. So another word here, Kristen, is this word diminishing found in Romans chapter 11. I'll read verse 12. It says, Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more Hmm. their fullness. So what does the word diminishing of Israel speak of and what what does Israel's diminishing lead to and result in for Gentiles? Right, yes. And like we were saying, that's very similar, you know, fall, diminishing, but diminishing specifically has more an idea of uh, spiritual loss, decrease. I, I looked it up. It's only used a couple mm-hmm. times in the New Testament, so it's kind of hard to even see like where else it's used to mm-hmm. get an idea of what it means. But that defeat, we were talking about this before the program, the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple and how that diminishing spiritually yeah. has gone away from the world. Sad for Israel, but like we see... That, that then brings the richness to the Gentiles. Like, we have this opportunity as Gentiles to see the church established and grow for everyone, Jews and Gentiles, mm-hmm. the unsearchable riches of Christ. You know, like you mentioned, that's, that's the, that, um, the special side for the Gentiles, you yeah. know? Yeah, and at this point in history, the temple was still standing. I mean, it was, uh, Romans was written in about AD 56, so the temple would be destroyed in about AD 70. Mm-hmm. But it's almost as if Paul is prophesying mm-hmm. the destruction of the temple right. because of Israel's right. rejection of the Messiah. Yeah. Right. And that once the temple was destroyed, which was really the focus of God's glory on earth in the world, mm-hmm. uh, the church of Jesus Christ has replaced the, the temple in right. a very real way where now God is glorified in in and through his church right. to the world. Tim, did you have a mm-hmm. comment as well? I, I just uh, also want to praise God for the mystery church. 
uh, that that Paul references in in the book of Ephesians. He, he elaborates on that in in chapters two, three, and four, where he he says that we are are all uh, neither Jew nor Gentile, but we are all but one body in Christ, and 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 we're. Um, I, I like how he says in in Ephesians three three how that by revelation he made un- known unto me the this mis- the mystery mm-hmm. as I wrote unto you in few words. Uh, this mystery in Christ, and he keeps re- referencing this mystery of of the church, that this body of Christ, this dispensation, uh, this is a great time to be alive. I, 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 I really am enjoying being part of the body of Christ. It's a great <laughs> mystery that's now been revealed that we get to be part of, and 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 they're diminishing. Um, we no longer have the nation of Israel as the center of God's focus, but it sure is great being part of the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah amen. amen. And so there are these three words that relate to Israel, and God's dealing with them today. They've fallen, they've been diminished, they've been cast cast away. But you know, Mike, it reminds me really that Christianity Christianity is the faith of resurrection. Mm. You know, and Israel has become like a valley of dry bones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they've been cast away. Mm-hmm. But but So what does this mean in Romans eleven fifteen? Let me read this as well. It says, okay. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world... What shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? Wow, what incredible words by Paul. So what does this mean that Israel has been cast away? Yeah, well, this phrase, casting away, it seems, you know, very visual to me. So imagine God as a father casting away his son, Israel. You know, you see this strong arm outstretched, motioning with his hands for Israel to leave his presence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Israel at this point, it's he's he's not walking away with his head down in shame. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're stiff-necked in rebellion at this point. Right. So we have to remember that this is a temporary rejection of his son Israel due to their rejection of Jesus. So they acted in rebellion first, and so then God's rejection of them is justified as he is casting them away. And then at the same time in this visual picture, God as a father with his other hand is embracing the Gentiles as a newly adopted son. So this new son is weeping for joy at the reconciliation with his creator. And that word reconciliation, it means change of attitude from hostility to relationship. So this people who, as Hosea would say, were not a people are now the beloved sons of God, and it's this beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God has cast them away the same way the Father cast away his prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And, and we looked at that this morning in our yeah. church where the prodigal son wanted to be cast away. Yeah. Right. He, was, mm-hmm. he looked at his father, basically said, when he asked for the inheritance now, he was saying, I want to be dead to you, and you're dead to me. Mm-hmm. And so get me, let me get out of here. And, mm-hmm. and so the father gave the son what he wanted. So, so Israel has fallen. Israel has been diminished. Israel has been cast away because they did it to themselves. God right. doesn't. It's not like God delights in that, yeah. but God is in in giving Israel in their rebellion what they desire. So in the interim, Tim, Israel has fallen. They've been diminished, cast away. Does this mean that God has no further plan? So let's bore down on this. I know we've kind of mentioned it already, <laughs> but let's let's really kind of nail this down. Does this mean that God is done with Israel? Because a lot of people think so. Even uh-huh. you know. Um, millennialists and mm-hmm. post-millennialists, they don't believe that God has any future plan program with national Israel. Great question. And we go back to the scriptures. Uh, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? 
that they should fall permanently without recovery, the idea here, well, God forbid. Mm. Uh, they they haven't completely stumbled that, that there's no hope for them. Mm-hmm. When this, this phrase here, God forbid, is... is um, in the in the original, the idea may it never be, mm-hmm. but but in the in the English Bible, it's God forbid because it, this shows that the translators knew how serious this yeah. answer was. God forbid that this would ever be, mm-hmm. and God does have a future plan for Israel. Mm-hmm. Praise God! Mm-hmm. We that's a whole separate uh, radio yeah. program in and of itself. No, talking but about it's in right. here. I mean, Paul about, is about laying God's, the seed here of of God's plan with right, Israel. That, right, right. That but he's going to receive him back. Like, yes, yes, like from the dead. Right, right, absolutely. But I mean, as far as yep. what that plan will be, uh, th- we could have a whole other discussion oh, oh, of man. the millennial kingdom. Many, but, but <laughs> absolutely. But, but, uh, but God does have a future plan. And and then I also want to say, not just God has a a future plan for for Israel as a nation, mm-hmm. but furthermore, the present Jewish individuals alive today, yes. they are not cast away, right. but they are free to join up with the Gentile bride of Christ, mm. which is not purely only Gentile, but is as as described throughout the pages of scripture neither jew nor gentile but we are one in christ mm. and so right. if you're listening today maybe you're a jewish listener you don't have to wait for the future day of the restoration of the nation of israel to prominence mm. in the millennial kingdom be born again mm. and join the bride of christ today yeah mm. and that reminds me too even the old testament temple you know they had different areas they had a court of the gentiles they had a court of women there were walls erected where certain people could couldn't go certain places and so forth. And and dear Jewish friend, I know the church might seem like a strange place for you to go, but Jesus is the Messiah. It's been 2,000 years, mm-hmm. and Jesus is the Messiah. Daniel tells us he has to be the Messiah because the Messiah had to come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. The Messiah had to come before the temple was destroyed in AD 70. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is your Messiah. And the church is now your place where your Messiah, what your Messiah is building. Hmm. And the walls are broken down between Jew and Gentile, and we are one. But we invite Jew and Gentile to come and worship with us. Yeah, and Pastor, you began um, this question. You were talking about how you know some Christians get this wrong, and then they go into you know their all millennial approach to eschatology. And uh, I was having a conversation yesterday with my sister on the phone, and she has a friend of a friend who's a Christian, and she said that every single day she posts pro-Palestinian stuff on her social media. And mm. and so it's so important that we get this right. Mm. And I remember when I really discovered Romans 9, 10, and 11, and specifically 11, this this uh, passage that we're looking at t- today, I just thought to myself, how can you misinterpret it when it's so clear, especially right. as we get into the grafting and stuff like that? Mm. But, you know, I agree, of course, with you and Tim. And you know, this is the main takeaway from the section of Romans. When I think back to this visual picture that I was talking about, it's God, the Father, casting away his son and embracing the adopted Gentile world. Paul even mentions in verse 15 that if and when this son Israel comes back to the Father in repentance of their rejection of the Messiah Jesus, it'll be like the dead coming back to life. So right. it's Amen. that dramatic. And right. that's what we have to look forward to. And shouldn't we believe in, the in future? that? Believing in resurrection. Right. We, should, <laughs> we should believe in it and look forward to it yeah. right. for Amen. the Jewish yeah. people. Amen. That, that's mm. right. Mm-hmm. And and dear friend, God is not done with Israel. And and here's the thing: we're not saying too that you, as Christians we have to agree or should agree with every political decision or right. every oh well Israel did this wrong or Israel did that wrong. 
we're not dealing with the specific things. We're saying that God gave Israel that land, Mm -hmm. and that land is theirs. And they have given away a good portion of that already, which is theirs, in order to try to have some semblance of peace there. Mm -hmm. And and if you if you don't think Israel should be in that land, wait till the millennium. They're going to have more of it. (laughs) They're going to have a whole lot more of it. And there's going to be a king coming. And this is why the devil hates Israel. Right? Mm. There's a king coming, and he's going to sit. In the throne of Jerusalem. And his name is Jesus Christ. And the devil doesn't want that. He's trying to afford it. Yeah, and I I just think, you know, we could, you and me may disagree on certain, you know, uh, political movements that they make in Israel. But the point is, if you're on the side... Not very many, though. We don't... Probably not, but (laughs) but if you're on the side where they're saying from the river to the sea, they want to get rid of Israel completely, Mm. guess what, Christian friend? You're on the wrong side, according to this passage. Because, again, and and what we can just say, what we know, we know this for a fact, that the, the Palestinians, they're on the Gaza Strip, and many of those Muslim nations, not all of them, but they don't even recognize Israel's right to be there or to exist. Mm -hmm. And so... That that's all we're saying. That's why we're pro-Israel because God gave them the land, right? You know? right. Yeah, right. And, yeah, absolutely. And it, it's still theirs, and I, that, I don't think that's ever been retracted in that sense. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have right. more of it. So, okay, let's. Um, so we we talked about Israel being fallen, diminished, cast away. God's not done with them. So what's our job, if you will, toward Israel? And there's three things. The first thing is we as Gentiles must be mindful of our responsibility to Israel. So whether there's a Jewish person in your life, a mm-hmm. Jewish person in your church, and I, I'm not, I can't certainly, I can certainly not sit here today and say I've been such a great witness to Israel because I haven't, and I'm sure I've fallen for, uh, short of this passage of scripture. Lord, forgive me. But it, we have a responsibility to Israel. Mm-hmm. And that's what Paul is saying here in verse number 14, especially. He says, if by any means, I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some. And so the Gentiles in this age are to do the same thing. Hmm. That we Gentiles, verse 11, are to provoke Israel to jealousy, to emulation. It's the same word used in verse 11, translated jealousy, verse 14, emulation. Now, we are to live in such a way Mm -hmm. that what we have should make Jewish people jealous and that they would want it to. So that's how I see that. But, Kristen, if you could bear down on that a little bit, and what does that mean to you, and why are we to do this? Right, and that's similar, obviously, to what I was going to say, but it reminded me of several different passages. Back in Deuteronomy, there's a part that talks about after the statutes that are given, and it says, this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, Mm -hmm. which shall hear all of these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people because of their God. Mm -hmm. And then Rahab talking to the spies that she says, we heard of your God and what he's done. Surely your God is the God. And a New Testament example I wanted to share um, 
the beginning so of... So you're saying that in the Old Testament, the Jews <laughs> provoked the Gentiles right. to yes, jealousy. Right, yes, exactly, right. And so, and we have the gospel because of the Jews, so now we should do return the favor. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and good, and if good. that is not a, a principle good. back then in the Old Testament in that way, mm-hmm. how could it not flip-flop yeah. Yeah. now, obviously? I yeah. mean, it's there. And and even just an example in First Peter chapter 3, talking about the wives being in subjection to their husbands, but if any obey, like the husband not obey the word... They may, without the word, be won by the conversation of their wife. And mm. that example of of how yeah. we should be to the unsaved world, specifically the yeah. the Jews, like, how can we live in such a way that they're like, wow, what do you have that I need mm-hmm. that's different? You know, and in the way we live and who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Micah, did you want to add to that? Yeah. Well, you mentioned that this morning you preached the parable commonly known as the prodigal son. You renamed yeah, it, but, I know, I know. but most people know it as the prodigal <laughs> yeah. son. And while that parable, it's not about Jew versus Gentile, I did find an application that I saw there where this prodigal, he's actually provoked to jealousy at one point. So there's this moment in the story where the prodigal runs out of money, runs out of friends, and he's starving working in the pig pen. And it says in Luke 15, 17 through 19, I'll just read. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say unto him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And so Mm -hmm. the son, he quote, comes to himself and he realizes that his bad situation of his own making. And so he considers that the ones that serve his father, he's looking at the servants of his father and he's provoked to jealousy. Here's the kicker. Even those who are not his father's natural born children, Mm -hmm. they're well taken care of. And it provokes him Mm. to, at the very least, go back and try to live as one of the servants. Well, Paul says that his hope is for the Jews, the sons of the Father, to be provoked by the Gentiles, those who have become adopted sons of the Father, to humbly return back to the Lord, just like the prodigal, and the Father then, of course, will welcome them with right. open arms. Yeah, mm. yeah, you're stealing good. my sermon from yeah. this coming Sunday. <laughs> oh, is that am I? <laughs> No, but no, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad because I want to encourage our listeners. I mean, I find, I mean, it's such a familiar passage, mm-hmm. this parable often called the prodigal son and i did rename Mm -hmm. it because it's really about the father and i renamed it the rejoicing god of unfathomable grace the Mm. the rejoicing father of unfathomable grace because it's really about the father it's not just about the prodigal son he has an elder brother too it's about two sons and their father the father's the hero of that story but and 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 dear friends come on out to our church we're going to look at that next sunday and i believe you'll be blessed Amen. to see how this prodigal does come to himself mm-hmm. and micah you're exactly right that mm. there are jewish people yes. maybe like this prodigal son and maybe they need to come to themselves tonight and say you know what we've been waiting 2000 years and we've been we've been having days of atonement for 2000 years days of atonement without an atoning sacrifice yeah. mm-hmm. and and, and and it's because, dear friend, your Messiah has come, and you've rejected, and he's, he's been rejected. The temple, the whole ceremonial system of the temple has been undone. Mm-hmm. And so now come to Jesus, because he is your Messiah. He's coming back. And the promises that God made to Abraham, and to Isaac, and to Jacob, and to David, will be fulfilled through the coming of Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ, which means Messiah, the Christos, the anointed one. So 
Give us a call if you have questions or if you need prayer, if you need encouragement. We do have call screeners here tonight, by the Mm -hmm. way, and maybe you're just going through a burden this evening. Maybe you just have stress in your life financially or a health situation has arisen, and you would like someone to pray. We have loving people who have come out on this rainy night. Yeah. (laughs) Give us a call at 929-333-3739. Again, that number, someone needs to call right now. 929-333-3739. If you're waiting for a song to call, there's not going to be a song. <laughs> so call now at 929-333-3739. So just a practical question, if we could hit on this pretty fast, but and you can all respond as the Lord leads. But do unsaved Jewish people or Gentiles have a sense of jealousy for the peace that we manifest in our relationships? Do they see a spirit-controlled ability in our lives to handle tragedies and trials? And and I guess my question to all of us is, how can we live in such a way as to create that thirst amongst the Jewish people Mm. for our lives? So, Tim, if you could start us off uh, on that. Absolutely. You mentioned creating thirst, and and a a, a scripture that comes to my mind is Colossians 4, 6, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned Mm. with salt, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man. And and I, I wish I could say that this was was true of my my life all the time. Um, it is you know a, a, obviously a prayer and a and a heartbeat. And mo- I, I I can say that most of our neighbors in our apartment are Jewish. We live in a in a, a apartment over in Briarwood, Jamaica, and uh, a good number of Russian Jewish neighbors. Mm-hmm. And the first year that we were here, we left a Christmas box of of cookies and and. Uh, some little Christmas treats by the the front door of the apartment of numerous ones on our floor and the floor above us and and I I don't know if we how many we provoked to jealousy with that I I know at least one we provoked to something um, because that that box showed back up at our door uh, and it, it wasn't appreciated they didn't even keep the cookies <laughs> right they, they didn't they didn't want to touch uh, it anything was Christmas anything from from mm. us right it was defiled or something but mm. but but I do hope that that it does provoke uh, to them just this this thought of of that that we have. Uh, this a spirit filled life, and right. that there's something different about us, and so so we we love being friendly and providing, um, and 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 we um, we love praising the Lord yes. around them, and so we're just praying that the Spirit yeah. of God Amen. will help them to be jealous of our spirit filled yes, life. Yes, we're mm. praying for you there in Briarwood, brother. Were those the cookies you gave me the week after Christmas? No, no, <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I think it's an interesting question, and Tim actually brings up an interesting point because I think there's two sides to the coin, right? It's like if we're followers of Jesus, there are going to be times when people don't like it, you mm-hmm. know. And Jesus, right. you know, he told us that that right. we were going to be hated and persecuted at times. But then there's other times where people are going to want what we have, and mm. you know, my first uh, two jobs in you know my career when I was working in fashion magazines and in publishing both my editor-in-chiefs were Jewish mm. um, they didn't agree with my politics they right. didn't necessarily agree with my faith right um, you know they were somewhat secular but you know somewhat religious but I do remember that um, one of my former bosses he once told me that while he didn't share my faith he truly appreciated having someone with my morals as an employee and mm. he was comparing me to some of the other employees and you know then there's other times where you know, maybe a friend or an acquaintance who's not a Christian has some life altering situations. And I'm sure we've all been in this position where despite their own unbelief, they turn to us and ask for prayer. Right. So this happened to me just, you know, recently where a friend of mine was going through a health scare and she, she called me and she said, 
you know, can can you pray for me? Yeah, right. So those are the moments when we're reminded that people do notice our faith. Yeah. And even if in the day-to-day they don't necessarily respond to it, when push comes to shove, right. they notice. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and we want our Jewish friends to know. And, and believe, we love all people. Yeah. We love Amen. people of all the nations of the world, whatever your color, whatever your culture, whatever your language we we love you in Jesus' mm-hmm. name because God loves you. He sent his mm-hmm. son to be the savior of the world. But we love Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And a lot mm-hmm. of people don't feel that Christian people love them. Jewish people may feel that, oh, we, you don't like Jewish people because, you know, we put your savior on the cross. No, you didn't put our savior on the cross any more than my sins put, mm-hmm. put the savior on the cross. Right. Our sins put Jesus on the cross. Dear yes. And so we love... Jewish people, we invite Jewish people to come into our church. If you're out there listening, we invite you to call right now if you have any questions at 929-333-3739. We, we would be like so thrilled, mm-hmm. wouldn't we? Yeah. We would be honored beyond, beyond yes. human understanding if a Jewish person were listening to our program tonight and saying, you know what? I need what you have. Mm. Because you know what, dear friend? You do need what I have. Mm. I don't uh, present Jesus perfectly to uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but I know you need him because he's the Savior. Christian, did you want to finish up on this? Well, and actually this is an example not dealing with Jewish people. We don't have any Jewish students, but we have students from many other countries and cultures that attend our English school. And several of our students have mentioned just this being here this is our happy place and and we feel mm. peace here and and you know good vibes quote unquote but like just <laughs> not uh, not no. patting ourselves on the back i'm just saying like when they see us and how we live as a family with our children and you know husband and wife like they see something they're asking questions about jesus and the bible because they're seeing us live our day-to-day life in the situation of teaching english you know yeah. so um anything good in us we point back to jesus and that yeah. amen Amen. Amen. Okay, so we Gentiles must be mindful of our responsibility to provoke Israel to jealousy. Secondly, we Gentiles must remain humble in our attitude. We're going to now bore into verse 16 down to 21. So Micah, Paul here is dealing with Israel as an olive tree, Mm -hmm. and the Gentiles are like a wild olive tree. Yeah, And Paul is saying that we Gentiles are not to boast against Israel. We are not to be high-minded toward them. We're not to be proud, think we're better than them, yeah. because we believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. There must be no anti-Semitism in our hearts. So in, mm. especially in verses 16 and 17, what does Paul say that challenges Gentiles to remain humble before the Lord in this present age? Right. Well, for those who may not be familiar with the process of grafting trees, it turns out that it's quite a common practice. I think when I first discovered this passage, I didn't know what it was, and thankfully I had a study Bible. (laughs) But I was talking to one of our members today after service, Maureen, and she described to me how she cuts the branches off one tree and binds it to the freshly cut part of an older tree Mm. that's still rooted in the ground. And as the root tree then, it senses that it has been wounded, and it goes through the natural process of repairing the damage and closing the wound. And ultimately what that does is it fuses the young branch to the older tree for the rest of that tree's life. So Paul uses this analogy of grafting 
while describing Israel as an olive tree, which is an Old Testament reference from, reference from Jeremiah, saying that the root of the olive tree, think Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is still holy. So Paul describes how the unholy and unbelieving branches of Israel are now broken off from mm. that holy root, and the wild olive branches of the believing Gentiles are grafted in. Mm. So in other words, the non-Jewish Christians are now bound and fused to the holy root of Israel, and they are new partakers in the fatness of the holy olive tree. So mm. instead of being puffed up with high-mindedness because of their new position, these wild branches must be thankful for the supernatural nourishment of their root. Mm, yeah, right. we must have a humility because we're just a wild people. <laughs> and God, in grace, took wild branches, yeah. us, mm-hmm. to put into... He's taking a big risk yeah. in doing that. Right. Yeah. Okay, and we're going to take a call here from Gloria, and thank you for calling Gloria, and you're on the Heritage of Faith Conversations. Hi, Pastor. When you said if we could help them in this way by encouraging them and showing what we have received from Jesus to want what we have. And I thought of if we could encourage them to read Psalm 53, or 52, the one that comes before Psalm 53, about the one who is a worm and has um, um, broken his the pot shard, his mouth is dry. Pastor, isn't that Jesus in Psalm 22? Yeah, you're talking about Psalm 22. Yes, it sure is, Gloria. And we do encourage any Jewish listener hmm. to read Psalm 22. Because Jesus quoted that, and yes, he is the suffering servant who was forsaken by God in Psalm 22. Thank you so mm. much for calling, Gloria. Oh, We're going to let you go, but uh, and, and thank you for, for calling. And also, Isaiah chapter 53, dear friends, mm-hmm. read mm. Isaiah chapter 53. Hmm. And so... That was a great thought she had. I, I, I like yeah. that. That ties right yeah, in. Absolutely. To encourage the Jewish people to read scriptures that are clear prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament. And there, there are many. So, Tim, as we go forward here, what does Paul say? And we're going to look more at them as well when we get into Romans 11. I think next week we'll even see more. But what does Paul say in Romans 11, verses 18 to 21, and to remind the Gentiles to remain humble in their spiritual attitude? Well, well, here he continues the thought, not only are we grafted in, but here he gives us some exhortation that we have nothing in which to be proud. Uh, the, the, the branch gains its strength from the root. We, we cannot look down upon Israel as, as, if, uh, as if we are superior. And, and here verse 18 says, Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Mm-hmm. So let us remember, not, not only are we grafted in, but then now also we are receiving our nourishment, in a sense, uh, mm-hmm. from, from those who gave us yeah. the scriptures. Uh, yeah. and, and we, we also, uh, have, have our, our found, uh, we also have our savior that comes from the Jewish people. And so this is where our hope comes from. Mm. And then, and then, and then it says, be not high minded, uh, but, but fear. And so, 
I'm I'm just reminded of the um, there in verse 20 where it says, "Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural mm-hmm. branches, take heed, lest He spare not thee." And and I'm reminded of what the Lord told us in the last book of the Bible uh, that. He Christ warned the churches to repent, lest he take away their their candlestick or their mm-hmm. their local church. And and we none of us are are at a point where we cannot be taken down a notch our own selves. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And if God would cast away and diminish the Jewish people because of their unbelief, don't you think He'll do the same thing to mm-hmm. Gentiles? And right. Micah, maybe we could you could comment on this about what I'm about to say, but. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the Gentile nations today. The mm-hmm. Gentiles have become high-minded. Yeah. The Gentiles have not provoked Israel to jealousy. There's there's mm-hmm. been an, a hatred and an anger and an anti-Semitism mm-hmm. against Gentile uh, of Gentile nations, mm-hmm. whether Germany or whether recently uh, Iran uh, South funding Africa. and uh, yeah, and in other places. So, and I think of America. I mean, look at all the the protests in American universities against oh, Israel, so sad. Mm-hmm. and it, that shows the apostasy of America, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Gentile Western powers are high, are high-minded and arrogant and apostate, mm-hmm. and really the, the the kingdom of Antichrist is being formed in our mind when it comes to Gentile Western powers, and then we see see Russia and Iran and China. They're not pro-Israel. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. actively working against Israel. So so they're against Israel. Yeah, and and Sad. you know perhaps some African nations. I'm not a, I'm not an expert on African the African nations, but I just mentioned you know some of the major nations of the world. Mm-hmm. So. What's going to happen to these Gentile nations? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I shudder to think, you know, we recently, just this week, there was a ruling handed down by the International Court at The Hague in the Netherlands. Um, South Africa had brought uh, charges against Israel that they were committing genocide. And the International Court, they didn't come because out and of say... war against... Yeah. So the International Court, they didn't come out and say that they were doing genocide, but they say, Israel, we're going to give you a month to produce some sort of proof that you're not doing a genocide. So I just thought to myself, you know, I mean, this is Mm. eschatological, but I just Mm -hmm. thought to myself, South Africa as a nation is going to have to answer for that. Yeah, right. right. So they're not provoking Israel Mm. to jealousy. They're pushing Israel away. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so just as a practical question here, and so we're talking about Israel. They've fallen. They've been diminished. They've been cast away. But God isn't done with them. And Israel has been broken off out, out of the olive tree. And the Gentiles have been grafted in. So does this mean, some people say, you see, they, they actually use this as a, as a way to argue that you can lose your salvation, that God has broken Israel off, and so we can be broken off uh, and, and lose our salvation. So, of course, it doesn't mean that, does it? <laughs> no. But what are some beautiful verses that you love, and Tim will start, or Micah will start with you, as far as verses you love or a verse you love that encourages us to, toward eternal security. Yeah, well, this is why we have to take the book of Romans as a whole. You know, upon a surface reading of this tree analogy, you know, you might think that Paul is saying that those who are saved or grafted in can just as easily be broken off, but that would contradict his clear words from Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, and he goes on, can separate us Mm -hmm. from the love of God. So Paul isn't talking about individual salvation in this specific analogy. He's speaking more about two people groups, Jews and Gentiles. And the fact is that the Gentiles as a whole are now offered the privilege of reconciliation. But as individuals, as Tim said earlier, each one must still choose whether or not they're going to be willing branches. And each Jewish person is also offered the same privilege. 
Right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Tim, do you have a favorite verse for eternal security? Absolutely. In John chapter 10, and, and here Christ was addressing the Jewish people, and, and he said, it says, Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but ye believe not, because ye, ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, mm. and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Mm. My mm. Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Nobody yeah. can harpoon us out of that mm. loving hand of Jesus and the Father. Right. Kristen? Well, in some of the most famous verses, I think, still in the Bible are John John three fifteen and 16. But Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, who is a rabbi, a Pharisee, what, mm-hmm. uh, some kind of political, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Pharisee, yeah. <laughs> so John three fifteen, he tells him that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world mm. that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's Amen. so clear. My yeah. six-year-old son understood. Everlasting yeah. means forever. You ask mm-hmm. him, he's going to say yes, forever. If like, we don't have eternal security, we have temporary life. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. right. Yes. Absolutely. Literally, the definition is forever. <laughs> and so, Micah, you said it so well, but I'm just going to underline what you said, that Paul is not talking about the eternal destiny of individual believers, but he's dealing with national, he's dealing with nations, he's dealing with national Israel and Gentile nations, not individual salvation. Okay, so Gentiles, what? why should we care about Israel? Because God cares. God isn't through with Israel. And God tells us, God is telling us in this passage of Scripture, to be mindful of our responsibility to provoke Israel to jealousy, mm-hmm. to be humble in our attitude toward Israel and toward the Lord, and finally, to remain faithful mm. to God. So in verse 22, and I'll read it, it says, Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity, but on toward thee goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also, thou also shalt be cut off. So two contrasting characteristics of God are mentioned here in verse 22, Christian. Hmm. Could you underscore what they are and how do they challenge us to be faithful to God? Right. The, the two, I'm, thank you for rereading the verse, the severity of God and the goodness of God. Obviously those seem uh, opposites from each other and they are but but in who they're referring to you know the severity towards the the Jewish people for their rejection and the goodness towards the gentiles it reminds me of of parenting in a way and and God yeah. as a father you mm-hmm. know and how how we can have sternness towards certain aspects and and um goodness towards other aspects with our children and and things and that is how God is dealing you know as a loving father some people need sternness more and goodness and um that that uh, let us be faithful so we don't have, yeah. you know, the severity turned towards us. And I believe God is going to deal in severity yes. toward America mm. eventually because mm. of our apostasy mm. from the Lord. Mm. And so, America, repent. <laughs> we need revival. Yeah. So, Mike, as we as we close this off this evening, in especially verses 23 to 25, around in there, mm-hmm. but what is God's closing argument to the Gentiles here to maintain a right attitude in faithfulness to God and to have the right attitude toward Israel. 
Yeah, well, let me just say that for Christian Gentiles, it's so important today that we understand the message of this section because the ancient hatred of anti-Semitism has made a big comeback. And, you know, once again, it's coming out of the shadows. And for some reason, some people who just don't know any better are getting caught up in it. So for Christians, it's crucial to understand God's closing argument here, which is that the attitude of the wild Gentile branches should never veer into pridefulness or Mm. disdain of Israel, but should always be grounded in the recognition of the grace of God. If not for grace, we would be the branches tossed away as well. Mm. So instead, our attitude should be like Paul's, to grieve for the branches of Israel that have been broken off and pray for their eventual grafting back in. That is the only biblical response. Mm. Amen. Amen. And Mm. as you said, Tim, thank God we're alive today, Mm. that God's grace has been made so clear to us wild Gentiles, (laughs) and that we can know Jesus, the Messiah and Savior of the world. And we want you to know him too, dear friends. And in the meantime, remember that Israel's cutting off is not permanent. Mm. They will be saved. And we'll look more at this next week. Join Mm. us next Sunday night. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church.